a blessing as it has been mentioned in our prayers and comments and inspirational uh, gestures. It's a blessing to be in the house of God. It's a blessing and we should be thankful Amen. to God for our help, strength, and just for having life. Amen. We have so much to be thankful for. Uh, it's been mentioned we are short on numbers this morning. We have a large group over in South Carolina, ladies. We have, uh, I don't want to forget to mention Brother Jerry traveling up to Michigan. Uh, Brother Kyrie has drilled this weekend and uh, some others just like one of them. not feeling well today. No sinus infection, respiratory infections. It's going around this time of the year. That's why we encourage you, wash your hands as often as you can. It's flu season and not only just flu season, germ season, especially. So I'm just of the old school, one of the greatest remedies in fighting that off, wash your hands as much as you can. And uh, keep your hand out of your face. Are you glad to be in the house of God? Amen. Amen. I am. And if nobody else don't have a good time praising God today, I'm going to have it by myself. <laughs> but I'm sure there are at least one or two others Amen. that don't mind being here in the house of God this morning. I want to share a few scriptures before we launch into our lesson today. And our lesson topic is Jesus didn't come to make bad people good, but to make dead people alive. <laughs> He didn't come to make bad people good. Whether you're good or bad, that's your choosing. And the Lord is not in the business, he never have been in the business, of making you anything. It's our choosing to accept what he offers in order to be transformed into what he has offered for us to become. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good, but to make dead people alive. Amen. In Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 13, the Bible says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. In other words, what he offers in accordance to life, the living waters, their systems are broken and they can't even hold it within themselves anymore. By their choosing. John 7 and 38, he that believe on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. John 14 and 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John 11, 25 and 26, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me 
shall never die. Believeth thou this? John 6 and 35, the Bible says, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Mm -hmm. Amazingly, everything about Jesus involves life. It involves life. We read in John 10, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So often you hear people in conversations, maybe you've heard it, maybe you've been a part of a conversation, someone dies and a person says, man, that was a good man, that was a good woman. But it's amazing, you rarely hear, was that a saved man? Was that a saved woman? Right. You see, we as people, we have a way of defining good to whatever we choose to define good as. We have a habit of leaning to our own understanding and justifying things in accordance to what is convenient and what is pleasing and acceptable unto us. The Bible says, a good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. Amen. So often people say, that was a good man. And I'm not here to say, you can't be a good person. But I'm here to say today, what truly matters is, are you a saved person? <laughs> Being good will not get you to heaven. Being saved will. So often you hear people declare themselves or others as good people. And yes, you can be morally good. You can be a morally good person, but yet still, be a spiritually dead person at the same time. Let me say that again. You can be a morally good person, but at the same time, you can be a spiritually dead person. I think about Cornelius. The Bible had great things to say about him. But Cornelius was lacking something. He was lacking salvation. We today, we tend to put a lot of emphasis on being good instead of putting more emphasis on being saved. Because what may impress us and what may make us feel good in our thinking doesn't necessarily meet the standard of what God has set as the criteria. Jesus said in John 10, 10, as I mentioned, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Everything we see about Jesus and giving our lives to him involves life. We pass death, but we inherit eternal life. 
In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says, And you had he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. In other words, and you had he made alive. Now think about this for a moment. In order to make something alive, it had to have been dead. That's right. So Paul writes here and said, and you had equipped who were dead in trespasses and in sins. How did God make this happen? How did this occur and making us alive by giving of his only begotten son? And through the suffering, through the agonizing and through the laying down of his own life. Through Christ, we are made alive. Through Christ, we are quickened. But don't overlook the important fact, we were dead. We were dead. Dying outside of Christ, as morally good as a person may be, it doesn't bring them closer to Christ. Salvation is con contingent upon obedience and being in Christ and being faithful while in Christ. Verse 2 of Ephesians 2, it said, Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, and were by nature, children of wrath, even as others. We were on death row. Amen. We were sentenced to death. But God saw fit to offer a remedy, to provide an avenue of escape. And he did it by the giving of his son. Verse 5. Verse 5, Ephesians 2. Even when we were dead in sins. We were dead in sins. Hear me good. Dead in sins. Had quickened, had made us alive. Had quickened us together with Christ. By grace, we are saved. Folks, just being good doesn't get it done. Amen. Jesus said, Matthew 7, 21, not everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom, right? He said, that will be those that will say, did we do, did we do this in your name? Prophesied in your name. Did many wonderful works. Cast out devils in your name. But I will profess unto them. Now think about, Jesus said, I never, I never, I never, so when you stop and think about 
when Jesus said, I never knew you, based upon all of the good that they claimed, based upon all of the works that they did, Jesus said, I never knew you. So you're telling me not anywhere during the course of their lifetime there was no connection? Well, I let the scripture answer the question. Never means what? Never. never. He said, I never knew. But we would say those are good works. Those were good things that they mentioned. Those were good examples. But good doesn't save. Obedience saves, folks. And we need to get back on the right track. And upholding the truth about what men and what men and women really must do in order to be saved. Not just being good, but being obedient. You can be morally good, but spiritually dead. And people need to be awakened out of their sleep to realize that they are spiritually dead. They are separated from God, and there is a need for them to do something to be reconciled back unto God. And Amen. we're not going to get it done by deceiving people and misleading people into believing just being good is okay. Mm. People say, oh, that, that was such a good person. I, I just know they going to heaven. Mm-hmm. You better be careful what you claim you know. Mm-hmm. Because everything that you think you know, you don't know. Amen. And, and, and I'm, I'm hoping and praying I'm not coming over sounding mean. It's not a matter of being mean. It's a matter of the truth. Mm-hmm. Only the truth will make you free. Amen. The question is asked, are you lost? You need to use the GPS system, God's plan of salvation. Acts 2.38, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hmm. Remember when we used to really preach that? Remember when we used to really preach that and believe that? Hmm. But now I'm hearing, I'm hearing chatter, I'm hearing static. You all remember CB radios. <laughs> you all remember CB radios when Channel 19 was, well, still here. That was mainly, and that is still the main channel for traveling. When you're out and about going anywhere, you, you turn on Channel 19, and sometimes you can get clear communication. But a lot of times you just get a lot of chatter, just a lot of noise. A lot of the frequencies are crossing up. And and you know what? I'm hearing, I I, I speak for me, I'm hearing a lot of chatter. I'm hearing a lot of frequencies being crossed up and changed because people don't want to preach Acts 2.38 anymore. It's offensive. It's mean-spirited. But what else did God 
Provide. What else did God instruct to do? Am I being mean? Is the church grown for preaching what God has given? Should I be more concerned about hurting your feelings with the truth? Rather keep my mouth closed and just say, you a good person. God understands. Yeah. <laughs> As I just read, and you have it made a lot. Quicker. Made a lot. Any person outside of Christ is dead. Amen. And, and I believe a challenge we've got to go back to. Something we got to go back to. We got to start looking at people the way God looks at people. Amen. We got to get out of, out of the physical sin and look at people from the spiritual standpoint mm -hmm. and see them for how they really are. They are dead. Mm -hmm. See, as long as we stay caught up and looking at them from the physical aspect, you know what? Often and many times, we don't even think about the worth of their soul. But if we look at people from the standpoint, from the spiritual sense, our number one concern should be their soul. I hear a lot of chat. Frequencies are crossing up. How can you be made alive if you were never dead? And if I was made alive through Christ, through obeying the gospel, through being baptized for the remission of my sin, if I was made alive by obeying and doing that, what, where does it lead the people who haven't? I can't be made alive by not obeying it. So if the ones... If there are those that refuse to obey it, how can they claim the same gift of God that I have by obeying? Mm. Mm. See, our problem is sin, Romans 3.23. Our problem is death. But God provided a remedy. His name is Jesus. Right, man. And through Christ, Galatians 3, 27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have done what? Put on Christ. Our response, we have something to do. Those who are outside of Christ, you got to believe it. Confess it. Romans 10, 9 and 10, repent. Be baptized. Acts 2, 38. There it is again. What, what happens? Our sins are remitted. They're wiped away. They're erased. Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. All things become what? New. new. But that only occurs in Christ. Amen. Not by being good. Amen. <coughs> well, you're telling me all these good people, well, define good. <laughs> define good. You know, me just speaking to you every day, you say, that's a nice person, that's a good person. But does that mean I'm obedient to God? Huh? 
we need to understand. Even when we were dead in sins, he quickened us together with Christ. He made us alive. How did he make us alive? Because we were dead in our sins. Amen. Amen. And I'm, a, I'm, keep, I'm repeating this and repeating this because you know what? There are those that would deceive you and bamboozle you and try to lead you to believe there are other ways to the Father. There are other ways to be saved. But Jesus made it clear. I am the way. The truth and the life. No man. No man. Now, no man. No man. Thomas, that means not. No other. No man. Coming to the Father. But by who? Jesus said, I am that way. As he said in John 10, I am that door. Well, if Jesus said, I am that only access, how else are you going to get to it? Does the scripture not mean what it says? See, some of the other frequencies and, and chatter I'm hearing, folks will explain the scripture, they will explain the truth out of the scripture. It says what it says. Yeah, but you need to think and then you know I need to obey. Amen. I need to take it for its value and if it's in the proper context and I'm understanding, I need to obey. Amen. I need to understand outside of baptism, there's no way Amen. I can be saved. Oh, that's just so mean. Is it? Is it really mean? Or is it just that you're stubborn? Yeah. Why is the church always mean for standing on the truth? Why is the church, why must the church be apologetic for standing on the truth? Well, you know, you got to preach and teach and love. I understand love. But there's a difference in love and compromise. Mm -hmm. You don't compromise the truth. God did his part. He had a part in this, in us being saved. He sent his son. John 3, 16. 1 John 4, 10. Jesus had his part. He shed his blood. These mm -hmm. are 1, 7. 1 Peter 1, 19. Spirit revealed the word. Spirit revealed word. John 16, 13. Now, God has done his part. What more can you ask of God than to give his best? Did he give his best? We know he did. He so loved the world that he gave his what? Only begotten son. Who was without sin, God, anything. Perfect, right? Perfect. You can't ask for a better gift. But there's a part that man plays. That he must understand and obey and submit unto. Mm -hmm. Here in the gospel, Romans 10, John 6, 44, 45. Believe it, 
Believe the gospel. John 8, 24. Hebrews 11 and 6. Repent of his sins. Acts 2, 38. Acts 17 and 30. Confess. Christ. Be the son of the living God. Romans 10, 9, 10. Acts 8, 37. There that word is again. Be baptized. Why? Because it's a barrier for the remission of sin. Imitating our Savior who died, who was buried, who got up on the third day. Be baptized in the Christ. Mark 16, 16, 1 Peter 3, 21. Remain faithful. Colossians 1 and 2. Revelation 2, 10. Why is that so hard? If it's right there in the Bible. Is, is, it, is it a mean teaching? No. It's only, it, it only appears to be mean when you are re rejectful. It's only mean when you don't want to deny yourself. It's only mean when what matters to you is more important to what matters to God. Should, should, should we stop preaching this? No. But people say it's offensive. And even folks in the church have come to the point where they don't even want to stand up for the truth anymore. Because family members don't want to obey. Family members don't want to leave their traditional way of worship. Family members reject what the Bible says. So should we apologize? Should we, should we water it down? No. No. And you should know the truth. And the truth shall do what? Only the true folks. Because if we don't do our part, we will remain a sinner. Even us who have obeyed, if we don't continue in the path of righteousness, we can fall from grace. Should, should the church be accused of being mean because we stand on the truth? Well, it depends on who you're listening to. The homosexuals would say we're narrow-minded. And I agree. Mm -hmm. You must be narrow-minded being a Christian because you just can't believe and allow everything and everything to come in. Amen. But are, are, are we mean and narrow-minded because we stand on what the Bible teaches? Why are we narrow-minded? Why aren't you open-minded? It depends on who you ask regarding whether or not we're mean. Because when a person is not willing to deny themselves and then pick up their cross, many times they have an agenda of their own and they seek to please themselves and satisfy themselves according to their lustful flesh. I don't believe the church has anything to apologize for. Amen. I still believe the Church of Christ is the one true church. Amen. 
According to what is written in God's word, I believe the Church of Christ is still the blood-bought institution of Christ. Amen. The one church that Jesus established according to scriptures, according on the truth that Peter declared that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Mm -hmm. I believe the Church of Christ is still right, whether you want to use the name or not. Because many don't even want to say Church of Christ anymore. I believe the church is right. Amen. And if Christ purchased it with his blood, if he died for it, if it's his bride, why would you not want to use its name defining who it belonged to? I'm not apologetic for the truth. Amen. And no Christian should be apologetic. Amen. We should stand for what is true. If the Bible teaches us that in order to be added to this one church, this blood-bought institution, that there are steps that one must follow to be saved, we need to stand on it and teach it. Amen. The ingredients don't call for any other thing except the truth. It don't involve your feelings. It, it doesn't involve what you think. It doesn't involve what you feel. It involves the truth. Folks, we'll never lead people to the truth if we don't stand on it. If you shave it down, water it down, and, 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 and tweak it down, you know what? People are going to obey a watered-down gospel. And they're going to wonder, why have the rules changed since I believe? People need to understand. It's not a saying that everybody will accept. But people need to understand, God's word is not going to change to accommodate you to live your sinful lifestyle. Amen. You don't want to stop fornicating? Guess what? Do your thing. That is a free will choice. You don't want to stop lying? Keep on lying. But don't expect me. I know there may be preachers that will Avoid talking about it. They don't want to talk about things that we used to preach about in the church. Setting us apart. Helping us as members of this one body. Amen. To understand that we are different. Mm -hmm. We are royalty. Preachers don't want to preach about to the young people about remaining virgins anymore. Mm -hmm. Because many of them have given up hope that will anybody remain one? Regardless of a young man or a young lady remain one or not, you should preach about it. Right. If you're giving up hope from the pool of pit, what hope are the people going to have? Hmm. Well, it, it ain't about me preaching my hope anyway. It's about me preaching the word. Amen. Amen. The church is right. Amen. Amen. And salvation is only in Christ. Amen. We need to understand. We got to stand firm. Amen. 
we must stand firm. Amen. The church is right. And we cannot accept anything other than the truth. Hmm. Don't, don't stop deceiving people. Stop masquerading. Stop putting on these, these facades as if a person can continue living in adultery and being a drunkard and, and fornicating and shacking up and you can still be a Christian. No. There are some things you've got to do. Part two. Becoming a Christian. You can't sit up in here among the saints. You can't sit in the presence of God with that woman who ain't your wife. And that man who ain't your husband. And now we've We've gone so far that the young men have moved, they're moving in with the parents. <laughs> and the parents not even saying anything. I question and ask myself, what was on the parents' mind that made them get married? If you don't see the, the importance and the value of marriage now. Amen. Yeah. We just got to get back to the truth, folks. Our enemy is not the person. Our enemy is sin. We love the people. But if God got a problem with sin, we as his children, we better have a problem with it. We better have a problem with it. How can I embrace sin if God opposes it? That's my lesson this morning. The church is still right. Amen. It's still right. And it will be forever right. It will be forever right until Jesus come back for it. And you know what? He said he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. No blemish. Why? You think about that. Well, I'm, I'm just going to depend on God's grace. Well, I'm depending on it also. But I'm not going to abuse the fact that grace is available to continue on sin. Willfully. The question is asked. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we who are dead to sin. Continue to live therefore in that fashion of living. We have to make up our minds. And we need to stand for what is right. And we need to live like we believe it. We need to be convicted by or else. You know what? We're going to be deceived straight into eternal damnation because we thought we were good. And we thought good was good enough. Yeah. Folks, good won't get the job done, but obedience will. Yeah. God, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. Yeah. He came to make dead people alive. Yeah. And you have an opportunity this morning. If you're here and you're not a member of this blood-bought institution called the Church of Christ, this one body, you have the opportunity today 
to be pardoned from a death sentence hmm. and to be granted eternal life. But it's only found in Christ. Amen. Well, how, how can I get it? This is how you do it. The steps are simple. The question is, are you willing to push yourself aside to receive the gift that is offered? Man, who, who don't love a new car? Right? Who don't love a new car smell? Well, you know what? Who wouldn't love knowing that all of my sins have been washed away? Who wouldn't love the fact that God says, your slate has been wiped clean. Amen. You're no longer an enemy of the cross. You are my child. Who wouldn't love that? Some would say, everybody should love it, but the, the fact is, everybody don't. For the simple reason, everybody won't accept Jesus as their Lord. You're here today. Here's the way. Jesus is the way. The truth and the life. Can't get that by being good. You can be saved by being obedient. What's our song, bro? 613, are you washed in the blood? 613 is our invitation song. Are you washed? In the blood. That's a good question. Are you washed in the blood this morning? Are you washed in the blood? Because it's only that cleansing blood that can rid you of your sins. Are you washed in it? Let us together stand.